We are back on the Heart and Hustle podcast after a long break. We've been gone a long, long while. Hope you had a happy holiday, happy new year. Sorry for the break. Stuff comes up. People go out of town. They're on vacation. Jonathan Isaac gets injured. We, no one felt like talking about that when that happened. He is Scott Inez. I'm Nick Grunowitz. Thanks for hanging out with us on this newest episode of the Heart and Hustle podcast. If you are listening for the first time, welcome to the family. He is Scott Inez. You can hear us weekdays from 4 to 8 on ESPN 580 FM 96.5 HD2. And of course, right here on the pod talking Orlando Magic Basketball uh, on this episode, the Markel Fultz game. How about that? MVP. MVP. Fans, MVP. Fans, if one guy gets it going, fans will chant anything. <laughs> they will chant anything. Cafelta Fish. Cafelta Fish. Dude, though, that, that tells you something, doesn't it? It tells you something that Orlando has endeared itself to Markel Fultz and vice versa. I mean, I, that was awesome. Last night in that win over the Brooklyn Nets. And I know we're going to talk about the win in general coming up. But the MVP, like when's the last time we heard Cafelta Fish or or MVP? Like when's the last time we heard that? Like maybe 2011 with Dwight Howard? It's been a really long time. This is the most exciting player the Magic has had since Dwight left. I mean, we could talk about maybe Nick, uh, maybe Nick Vucevic's all-star run last year and the excitement of that, but the way that Vuce plays isn't necessarily exciting. Victor Oladipo and the way that he played in some games. You know, Aaron Gordon has had some up moments, though it's been a lot of down this year. But Markel Fultz has captured this fan base, and you and I were talking about this earlier, in a season where after that win on Monday night, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, the Magic are 17-20. and 20. They're now the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. amongst injuries, struggles, guys yeah. having bad years. Yeah. Al Farouk Aminu is in witness protection. Yep. Uh, Markel Fultz has been the deodorant that has covered up a lot of the stank of this team because Magic fans are sticking around watching the team, yep. watching the games because this guy draws you in he draws yeah. eyeballs he's he's the most interesting story in the nba and to me one of the most interesting or, or, or the most interesting story on the orlando magic and one yes. of the most interesting stories in the nba and look magic fans look, you know the mvp chance obviously mark Fultz is not going to win the nba's mvp award Hold but on, I think we still says, got some games left I, I, I understand we got a whole half a season to go but I, I think i think what it says is magic fans appreciate where mm-hmm. he's been Magic fans appreciate the journey that he's taken from a very dark place, and they appreciate the potential that this guy has to turn into a really special basketball player here in Orlando. And and they're willing to wait. And and last night, he showed it, man. I mean, again, when's the last time you heard MVP chants? Uh, my guess would be 2011, but I'm not quite sure. He's definitely won over Magic fans. He's won over his teammates. And I'm happy for him because finally, finally, this kid is happy with what he's doing. He loves what he's doing. The first two years of his professional career in the NBA, obviously, were well chronicled uh, with with the shoulder injury and and the uh, potential, uh, you know, mental things going along with that. But look, I've already made the claim a number of times, and I will make it again. The Markel Fultz trade was the deal of the century for the Orlando Magic. They literally gave up nothing to get a former number one pick in the 2017 NBA draft. And this kid, give him credit. He's going out. He's playing freely. He's playing loose for the first time in his NBA career. 
There, are, I mean, I don't see any remnants of what he went through, both physically and mentally. Do you on the basketball court? Because I don't see it. No, I don't. And I saw John Denton had a note about a, uh, what was it, a, a, a tattoo that Markel Fultz has. Was it Faith to the Grind is what it is. F2H is, is what is on his arm or something yeah. like that. Uh, and you can see a lot of the time that he spent in... Uh, California taking time away, trying to get himself both healthy physically and mentally and is we paying off. We weren't sure if he was no. coming back from California. No, we didn't know. We didn't know until the Magic did the dog and pony show where they sent right. him out there in front of the media and he shot and looked good. And yeah. uh, this guy has taken everything in stride. I mean, I expect. I thought he was coming back too early. No, it wasn't true. I thought yeah. that they started him too early, called it a panic move. I was wrong about that. And the 25 points, including a 7 nothing run on Monday night. And right. I think that's the important thing to get to, that... For the longest time, the Magic have not had a player that they can hand the ball to and say, get to the rim and make something happen. And Markel Fultz is not that guy where you can do it on a nightly basis. Right. But not, they had not gone, consistent. Right. They yeah. had gone over nine minutes without a field goal, which yeah. has become all too familiar with this oh, Magic yeah. team. Yeah. They had a double-digit lead on the Brooklyn Nets on Monday night. Brooklyn had come back. They tied the game 78-78. Mm-hmm. Markel Fultz comes off the bench and goes on a 7 nothing run, makes a couple of layups, and then... Nails a contested three, and that three-point shot is starting to come around a little bit in the corner. 7-0 run. He puts the game away on his own, and the fans appreciate that. The fans appreciate when a guy is playing hard, and if there's anything, Fultz is playing hard out there. He's playing his heart out. Yeah, he is. He is, Nick, and and he took this team upon his back last night when things were going south in the second half, and you're absolutely right. Like like the last few years, we, we haven't had that dude. Once things were going south with his team, forget about it. It was over with, but he came through in the clutch last night in a big way. And keep in mind, this is a guy who played in just, what, 33 games in his first two seasons in Philadelphia. Um, and and really, in many of those 33 games, he was in there in mop-up time, right? In yeah. garbage time. They, they couldn't put him out there in anything that matters. No. And now he's starting, and he started 37 games, right? 10 and 7. Something 17. like that. Something no, like he's that. played in 37 games, excuse me. But he's played in 37 games. He's played in more games this season than he had in his entire career coming into the season. I'm so happy for this kid. I, yeah, I am too. W- what an incredible deal that Jeff Weltman, the president of basketball operations, pulled off to get him. He's got the great size. He's he's a terrific athlete. He's got a great handle. He gets into the paint. He finishes. It's a dynamic that this team has desperately needed. We have it now. And again, think about where this kid came from. Literally nowhere. A very dark place right before training camp. We had no idea if he was going to show up to training camp or not. To this? To th- to, uh, think about this. Here we are at almost midseason, and the fans were chanting, at Amway Center, MVP. M- so to go from not knowing if this guy's going to show up to MVP, MVP, what what a what a great thing for Markel Fultz. I'm so happy for this kid. He's he's a really grounded kid, and that's something that we, we didn't know about him before he got here to Orlando. So good for him, and and let's just keep doing what you're doing, big fella. The way he's able to finish at the rim so well surprises me just because the jump shot has looked as bad as it has. Now, from about mid-range in, uh, it's it's not automatic, but it's pretty good. It and is. this guy, he's as he's as skilled a playmaker this early in his career as yeah. as as I have seen. The the passes, the the ability in the open court to set up other players. Uh, when he gets down under the basket, he's able to set up Nick Vucevic guys outside. Uh, I am I'm very impressed with him. Twenty five points on Monday night, and the win for the Magic. And let's get into that mm-hmm. is a crucial one. They still have three games left with the Nets, so it doesn't guarantee anything, but. 
it's pretty clear now when you start looking at the the NBA's Eastern Conference standings, mm. and I, I I always feel like it's way too soon to look at the we're, look at the we're standings. At midway point here, yes, big we fella. are. It, it's you can't talk about them until after New Year's. That's always kind of a kind of a feel that I have. Mm-hmm. But it feels like the top six in the Eastern Conference are set: Milwaukee, Boston, Miami. My goodness, Miami, Kendrick, none out there. I, what? Mm-hmm. Toronto, Philly, Indy. Those are the top six teams in the East, and. There is a six-game difference between six Indy and what is seven now, the Orlando yeah, Magic. That's a so lot of games. It is. It's yeah. a lot of games. So it's a two-spot race between Orlando, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Chicago. By the way, as we're taping this, Detroit announced that Blake Griffin underwent knee surgery. He's going to be out probably the rest probably of the year. The rest of the year. So I, I don't They're expect done. I don't expect Detroit to really do anything. So it's going to be four teams for two spots, just like last year. Yeah. Um, that win is a big one just because when you start getting the tiebreaker scenarios, last season the Magic should have been the sixth seed, yeah. but yeah. the tiebreaker was held by the Nets. Yeah, and, and they became a seventh seed. Very important to get to number seven this year. You don't want eight because you know who. The Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Adetokounmpo will be there at number one. But you talk about a huge game. Yes, the Brooklyn game was a huge game, but now, now this Washington game on Wednesday night, looms even larger. You're 3-0 against the Wizards so far this year. You can close them out in the season series. And keep in mind what comes up after that Washington game. I actually don't know. You you okay. look. At, I, can yeah. I be honest here? I don't look at the schedule. Uh, okay, who's I, up after that? I, I have to because I'm I'm working some of these games in the Fox Sports Florida. Hold on, uh, actually, studio. it's better if I discover this live while we're taping this. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and go click ahead. on the old schedule go here. Ahead. And uh, Magic are 17 and 20. My goodness, their division is terrible. Um, <laughs> thank I guess thank goodness the division is terrible. So Washington. Oh, you go to the West Coast road there trip here, go. huh? There you go. Ugh. There you go. You've got a difficult six-game Western road trip looming. Six West Coast games? Well, actually, it's five Western games. And then Charlotte. And then Who we go back to Charlotte. Who that on I, at the I, end? I have no clue, but the NBA. Well, this is an old who's on first, what's on well, second bit. Well, the NBA has done do. that the last couple of what years. The? They, they send us out West, and then we play the final game of a long road trip in the East somewhere in Charlotte or Atlanta or New Orleans, somewhere like that. Makes no sense to me, but. Again, Western road trips, right? They're they're so important. We had a Western road trip last month, and what did we do? Um, we didn't do very well. Won the first game in New Orleans, then lost oh, the yeah. next three, right? In Utah, Denver, and then all the way out in Portland. So you go one and three on that trip, and it, it took a while for this team to get over that trip, and now you have another Western trip looming at Phoenix, Sacramento, the Lakers, the Clippers at Golden State. Yuck. And then you close it out on that Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day at Charlotte Back East. So uh, to me, another one of those make it or break it trips coming up for the Magic. If you can get a win over Washington on Wednesday Move night. Move to 18 and 20. Hopefully you can get wins over Phoenix and Sacramento, who, surprise, are struggling this year because they struggle every year. Right. Get back to 500 before playing both LA teams. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you got a chance here. You, you got, got a, a chance here because Golden State is no great shakes right. this year, though you needed a big fourth quarter, second half in order to beat them. Right. Uh Charlotte is 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 plucky. Sure, sure. But that to me, Nick, that Monday game is a scheduled loss. That it, it's done. The you Monday can mark that. I don't care how the Charlotte bad, Monday game? The Charlotte Monday game to me is a scheduled well, you loss. You know, by the way, Charlotte, Martin Luther King Day. 
Yeah. I, okay. To me, it's a schedule loss just because it's the it's the end of a long five game Western road trip, and you're playing at five o'clock in the afternoon. And, exactly. And typically, when when guys like are done out west, you're typically done your road trip. You no. got to take that long flight coming back east, and yet you got to go to shot it. To me, that's a scheduled loss. And this team needs to start showing some life on the road. Uh, we are at the midway yeah. point of the year. Do you know how many road wins the Magic have? Not very many. You can count them on Let one me hand. Guess five. Five. Yeah. They have five road wins. They're five and twelve on the road this yeah. season. Uh, they got to start showing some life away from the Amway Center, and I get it. It's a team of a lot of role players, and role players are better at home. But it's time. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. And they, this team was, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they were seventeen. And twenty four on the road last, last season. year, so they have uh, they have they have some work to do on the road. There's no question about it. They've been a little bit better so far, which is strange because defense travels. They were seventeen and twenty four last year on the road. Yeah. It's just and, and I guess the defense travels, but the offense never picks up on the road. And yeah. I I do bet that if you look at that point total, and I will do that before our next podcast, uh, the numbers are stark. I, I will say this though about this Magic team right now, and. How many times have we mentioned it on the podcast? Coach Clifford, let's go out and play the right way. Let's play with purpose. I think what you're starting to see over the last week and a half to two weeks. I agree. And I might be totally off base here. You haven't even said it yet, and I already know where you're going. I totally agree. They're they're starting to resemble the team that we saw in the final 31 games of the season last year. I, I agree. I do. Um, defensively, energy, for sure. Energy, effort. Yeah. Closing out on defense. Defensive energy, exactly. Where a team might get a bucket, but it's like, Damn, they made him work for it there. We're like with with four seconds left on the shot clock, a guy makes a contested eighteen footer, and it's like, well, right. they're not going to make a ton of those. I mean, right. Miami scored six points in the fourth quarter the other day. Right, right, right. You out rebound Brooklyn last night, fifty nine to forty six. Vucevic Vooch was a monster. I'm, so, on I'm the sorry, Vooch. It took us however long into the podcast here, fourteen minutes to mention a twenty four rebound performance. Twenty three or twenty four? Twenty four. They corrected it was oh, okay. twenty three, okay. and then corrected it. It went to twenty four okay. last night. Okay. Uh, the officials gave him an extra one where it wasn't Nick Vucevic's size. He mm. outworked those guys in the middle. It yeah, was Nick with three guys around him. Yeah. And we talk about Nick not being tough and he's got to prove himself against the Marcus Alls and Joel Embiid's and those physical guys, uh, Nurkic and, and Gobert. But in that game last night, mm. Jer- Jared Allen is no great shakes. I get it. He was just out hustling those guys. Yeah. And no, Vooch knows that though, this team knows, hey, no Jonathan Isaac, no Al Farouk Aminu. Aaron Gordon's game is going to hell. Yeah. Uh, these guys need to show up every single night, and Vooch did it last night. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and and look, Vooch did not get off to a good start offensively last night, but at least he was doing a little something-something for you under the boards. Season high, 24 rebounds last night. He had 11 points. And by the way, nine of those 11 coming in the fourth quarter. We talk about Markel Fultz big in what the fourth did, what quarter. What did Fultz have in the fourth thing? It was 16 of his 25? I think it was. It yeah. was 16, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and DJ Augustine was terrific last night in the second quarter. He scored 12 of his 16 in the second. So, yeah. uh, look, I, I I think what you're seeing now is this team, despite the losses of Jonathan Isaac, and I don't know where the heck Al Farouk Aminu is. I have no clue. If it's a torn meniscus, why didn't he already get surgery on that torn meniscus? I have no clue what's going on there. Well, the team is and, they're looking at non-surgical options. Okay, okay, that's fine. But um, typically, an NBA player gets surgery on a torn meniscus, right? Yep. How many times have we seen it over the course of the last number of years? Michael Carter-Williams, um, he's got that, that shoulder injury. So you got a lot of guys out, and yet it looks to me as if this team, with Wessel Wundu as your starter now at the small forward position— yes. 
is starting to play with that energy, that effort, and that defensive mindset that we saw at the tail end of last year. And let me get to Wes Wandu quickly, because Dennis Newman mentioned this on the Orlando Magic radio broadcast last night. It was something that we had noted. Um, well, I guess it wasn't on this podcast. It was on the air. Uh, this, with Jonathan Isaac getting injured, um, this is a big stretch for Wes Wandu, mm-hmm. a guy who I am a huge fan of. I got a chance to meet him, get to know him a little bit it's when he was kid. down in Lakeland. Good kid. Yeah. Hard, hard-nosed, tough-minded kid. Uh, I, I remember, of course, when Dwight Howard gave Mo Bamba the little, little forearm. Who he was, was the it? first guy in Wes there. Wes was yep. like, we ain't taking this. This ain't your house anymore. You may have right. built it, but we own it now. Yep. Um, this is a big stretch for him. He's in the final year of his contract. Yep. He was a second-round pick a few years ago, uh, and he is now in that starting role. And the guy does not give you much shooting-wise. No. He doesn't give you much offensive-wise, uh, but defensively he plays hard. I think for him to be back next year, the Magic are going to need to see more from the offensive side. He's going to have to figure out that side because the Magic have too many one-way guys. No doubt, no doubt, but he really is a self-made guy, right? Second-round pick out of Kansas State. He gives you the energy. He gives you the effort. Plays with a lot of pride out there, and I think it rubs off on each and every one of his teammates. So I can't say enough about the job that Wes Awundu has done with his energy. And, and, And look, you know, going back to what we were talking about about this team, you know, resembling the team of last year, at least in the last half of the season. I'm looking at, at the last seven games here, okay, in terms of their defense. They have held opponents to an overall 43% shooting. So, Brooklyn 33, mm-hmm. Utah 45. Yeah, Utah shot the yeah, lights out. they in that did game. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Miami at 37, mm-hmm. Washington 38. Okay, so so that's the way this team has to win games, the Steve Clifford way. They're not talented enough to roll out the ball and beat you in a shootout. This team has to play the right way, if you will, which means doing all the little things, right? Doing all the little, the fundamentals, playing with the energy and the effort, defending for a full 48 minutes. And right now, look, these Western road trips can be absolute killers to teams in terms of momentum. But right now, going into this Western road trip, hopefully with a fourth win over Washington under your belt Wednesday night, I am sensing that really for the first time this season, even with all these guys out, including Jonathan Isaac, I'm sensing that this team is turning into the team that we saw at the tail end of last year. Okay, so I want to get to a little bit of trade fodder here just just because the trade deadline is isn't a month, yep. month like five month. weeks yep. or so away from, from where we currently sit. And... Uh, I thought Josh Robbins wrote a great trade deadline primer on The Athletic. Once again, Josh does not pay me for these plugs. It's just I think he's one of the best guys that covers not just the Magic, but one of the best beat writers uh, in the NBA. And uh, you should go ahead. The Athletic is very affordable to to read some of that stuff. But Plus, you need to read that to go along with the conversation here. It's kind of like a book on tape. Um, but one of the things Josh did talk about was the untouchable guys on The Magic versus the guys that – may or may not be floated for a trade. And mm. the name that has come up time and time again, this was not from Josh, but this is in the Twitter sphere, in, you know, the uh the hoops hype type of uh type of trade fodder mm-hmm. is DJ Augustine. DJ mm. Augustine and I think uh, Evan Fournier are the two guys that would be most likely to be traded from this team in the next five weeks. And that that's intriguing. I think that Fournier is the most likely to be traded. But they're both expiring contracts if Fournier opts out of his player deal, which he will do. Out of my cold, dead hands. DJ Augustine? Yeah. Me too. Can't happen, dude. I said it Monday night on ESPN Can't 580. I, the guy, I love him. Can't happen. I love him. This he, is why I wouldn't be a good general manager, because I would look at him and be like, I can't part with him. 
Can't no, do it. I, I think no. I, I don't think that makes you a bad general manager. I think that makes you a good general manager. Look, I understand contracts and salary cap and so forth and so on. But what DJ Augustine provides for this team and has provided for this team since he got here, mm-hmm. and he, he was on some bad teams like back in the day, yeah, not so long ago. Okay, and yet DJ Augustine is going to go out and compete. You know what you're going to get each and every night from this guy. He's had some monster offensive games this season. He had, what, 12 in the second quarter against Brooklyn on Monday night, 16 for the game. This team feeds off of DJ Augustine and his heart and hustle energy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay? And and to me, a guy like that is irreplaceable. I I I would love to see DJ Augustine back with the Orlando Magic next year in some form or fashion. And I wish I I'm I'm not going to disagree with you at all and I wish that I wish that to happen for Orlando because he is the kind of culture heart and soul type yeah. of guy for a team. He's a backup point guard in this yep. league, but yep. he gives you and he and which is why he is going to be coveted by playoff teams. It reminds me when the Magic no had Channing Frye a few years ago. Remember, the, they traded him to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, and you had to remind me I'm so, well, it was a stre- you know, Channing Frye's a stretch five, gave mm-hmm. teams shooting, and you knew at some point. Now, Channing Frye did not mean to the Magic what DJ Augustine does. It just never really seemed to no. work here in the Rob Hennigan era. But I think a team is going to look at DJ Augustine, see the offense, see the spurt off the bench. They're going to say, we need one of those. Yeah. And the offer is going to be what it's all about. I don't think any player on this team is up for sale. But if Jeff Weltman and John Hammond listen to offers, if they are wowed, they're going to make a deal because this team is not winning a title this year. Not with this... D.J. Augustine. D.J.'s going nowhere this year. Right. And I realize he's in the final year of his contract, which could be very valuable out there on the open market. You cannot, Nick, especially with Michael Carter Williams, who has really struggled with the injury bug this year. So you Mark don't trade Fultz, him regardless. Hell no. No way. Mark L. Fultz, he's great right now. Okay, and and he's there, there are no remnants of what he's gone through over the last two years. But you, that's not an insurance. Like like you don't know that for a fact. That's going to happen throughout this season. And to me, DJ Augustine is a great insurance policy. Remember, he started eighty one of eighty two games and did a darn good job last year. So if you're talking about DJ Augustine a potential trade, I'm not listening. Uh uh-uh. uh. No way. Not going there. Hanging up the phone. No, absolutely. I All am. right, let's get to Evan Fournier then because the Frenchman is having a career season. He shoot 40% from three going yep. into last night. Yep. Um, he's having a career season. He has a player option for next year, which in the past I said he's absolutely going to pick up. Uh, Evan Fournier is not going to pick that thing up. He is going to decline that player option because he is going to be one of the best wing players in the free agent market. Yeah. He's averaging, what, 22 a game or so? Is he up around there? I thought he was around 20. Okay, I'll I'll, ch- I'll check that there. But Evan Fournier is another guy that I think, once again, wing player. Those mm. guys are coveted. Some shooting for a team. Yeah. He's another guy the manager are going to get calls on. And I think he's the most likely. If a guy is traded, I think he's the most likely to go. Um, Boy, I... It- a lot of that depends upon the injury bug and how we're going at that particular point here in a month. Because you look at this roster. A game. 18 a game 18 for a game. him. Okay, yeah, 18 so, points, and he's shooting 47% from the floor, 40% from three. Look at this roster as it stands right now. Yeah, I know. I mean, Al Farouk Kim Birch is starting oh, at power Ke- forward in well, some games. Thank you. Thank you. Right? And With I Jonathan love Isaac out. And, and Kem Birch, and we've seen some very strange lineups. You know, Aaron Gordon is now back at the power forward position to start, but we've seen some very strange lineups with Birch and 
Vucevic and Birch and even Mobamba out there at the four and the five. So I, as beat up as you are right now, Nick, I'm not even thinking about trades come the trade deadline on February 6th. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm not thinking about Evan Fournier. Look, Evan Fournier, you and I take a lot of phone calls on ESPN 580 Orlando, okay? And a lot of people out there, even on social media, want to complain about Evan Fournier. Um, And I've done so in the past, but I got to tell you, man, there's nothing to criticize this year. Absolutely nothing to criticize because Evan Fournier has been the model of consistency. What's he shooting from three? 39, 40? 40%. 40% from three. I mean, come on. And he's typically guarding the opposing team's best player each and every night. Is he really, though? Yeah, he is. I mean, like, it's, he is. it's been a lot of Jonathan Isaac, Aaron it's been, Gordon. It's been I'm, some Aaron Gordon. I mean, but I mostly, guess that that best guy is kind of a two or three guard. It's, it's usually it's a little that more. guy. Okay. It's usually yeah. that guy. So, I, I, dude, I, I'm, not even, I'm not interested in any trades right now. Now, See, last week point, on the though, show, we talked about Aaron Gordon. We did. To me, that's the guy. To me, that's the guy. And again, if this team is injury-laden as it is here in a month, forget about what we're talking about right now. Yeah, because you have to have 15 guys. <laughs> you got to feel the basketball right. team, right? And I do think this team still wants to make the playoffs. I think the organization oh, no does. I think Jeff no Weltman and John Hammond are not interested in, quote, bottoming out for the year. So you still want to make the playoffs, no but you also have to do your due diligence. And Aaron Gordon has two years left on his contract after this at – a value that de-escalates right. year well, after year. Tradable I think contract. It's 16, I think it's 18, then 16, or 16, then 14 the next two years. Tradable contract. And what we were saying a couple of weeks ago on ESPN 580 was, okay, who is Aaron Gordon? You tell me. Who is Aaron? Other than uh, a great athlete. Other than uh, other than a, a guy being a great athlete. And, and that's the problem. And I don't know if Aaron Gordon knows who he is after six seasons in the NBA as a basketball player as well. And usually by now you know. Usually, Typically there there are some outliers where it's like you can look at all oh, the Paul and I've done I've done these segments. I've done the well, you know, this is the leap year. Paul right. George, right. Kawhi Leonard, right. Right. right, right, and we have shot by all of those. Right. Right. A guy that th- is this far into his career, usually you know what he is. Typically, Aaron, but he's only what 23, 24? He's 24 right I, I I mean, look, I I I agree with you. I I, I like Aaron Gordon, the person. I just 24. don't know. 24. I don't know who Aaron Gordon, the basketball player, is. Like last year, I think Aaron took steps toward having that purpose of play as Steve Clifford talks about, right, mm-hmm. quite often. I don't see that purpose of play, uh, play a whole lot this year from Aaron Gordon. I think he has regressed in some circles in terms of his progression and his development. So if you want to look at one guy come the trade deadline in a month, um, ho- you know, hoping that this team gets healthy with Al Farouk Amino and Jonathan Isaac back as quickly as they possibly can, I think it would be Aaron Gordon. However, with uh, Jonathan Isaac out now, what, eight to ten weeks at the very least, Nick, at the very least, mm-hmm. I-, I think you could probably take Aaron Gordon now off the off trading the table. Box, at least I agree. for now. I agree because you don't have now. to do that deal. And I think in, in a career worst year, one of them at least, a down year for him, yeah. any any offer you're going to get is not going to be an offer that's attractive yeah. enough to uh, to move him in that situation. Can I give you some, for, for while we're taping this, some breaking news? Yeah, um, real quick. Yeah, I, real quick because we got to get going here. I understand that. Do you see that the Miami Heat have announced they will retire Dwayne Wade's jersey? They are going to do it over a... Three-day ceremony, February twenty-first <laughs> oh, to twenty-third. No, I'm not joking. I'm Come not joking. On. Uh, the Athletic reporting: The Miami Heat will retire Dwayne Wade's number three jersey during a three-day ceremony, February twenty-first to twenty-third. 
They have one game during that time. They're a home game against the Cleveland wow. Cavaliers. I'm surprised it's not against the Orlando Magic because so typically they have those celebrations for a Magic game. It worked game. out for us last year, though. Remember? Remember the longest? The It was the Heat. It was the Heat where they what, retired what? a jersey, wasn't it? Wasn't it the was it, longest was it halftime break? Who yeah, was it was Alonzo. Was wasn't it, it Alonzo morning? I think, it, I think you might be right. I think it was. Yeah. It seems like they celebrate against us every single They're time, whether there's it a this jersey year, announcement or whatnot. But look, um, not a big fan. I think it's overkill for three days. But if anybody, Nick, if anybody deserves um, a three-year or three-day jersey retirement. Oh, come on. I, I think it's this guy. Make it I, three hours. Enough I, of this. I, Get I over understand. it. I understand what you're saying. It is overkill. But this guy was something special for that organization for a long, long time. All right. Well, three days. <laughs> That's ridiculous. All You're right. right. That'll do it. Uh, we got another episode coming uh, maybe a little later this week. We'll find out. We just took a two, three-week break. We got a lot to say, uh, but we will get to you soon. Uh, if you uh, have any questions for us, you can tweet us at Inez says, A-N-E-Z-S-E-C, me at ESPN 580. Nick is where you can get at me. Uh, the Magic back in action tomorrow night. We'll have some recap of that stuff coming up on the next podcast. But until then, thanks for hanging out with us. You can hear us weekdays, ESPN 584 o'clock to 8 o'clock, FM 96.5 HD 2. And of course, as always, go Magic. Go Magic.